Good morning. Um, today we're going to be looking at Matthew 18. Um, and of course, when the Lord asks you to speak on a topic or asks me to speak on a topic, um, that means that he has walked me through this week um, in a very personal and real way. Um, so um, I don't know what you all think when you think Matthew 18, um, because I worked in an environment previously where that was like what they said was the go-to of how we handle situations um that comes to mind but Matthew 18 to me is like conflict resolution central um the Matthew 18 principle I don't know if you all have ever heard that I grew up um most of my life having no idea what Matthew 18 (laughs) was um it wasn't until I went on a mission trip and my teacher taught the kids we were working with on it but also taught me and taught us high school students Um, I didn't even know that the Lord had a groundwork for that. Um, And I think we all come from different environments of conflict resolution. Um, I have divorced parents, so I've come from two opposite ends of the spectrum. At my mom's house, it was, let's yell until there are no more voice left in our system, until there's no more air to be blown out. Um, And then it's just done. And then um, at my dad's house, it was like, let's pretend that the elephant in the room isn't there. And we can all just forget and forgive and pretend that it doesn't exist, this big thing that needs to be talked about. Um, And so I have a feeling you all are somewhere on that spectrum. It might be in the middle. It might be something else. Um, I spent the majority of my childhood on the angry, screaming, yelling end of the spectrum Um, so almost ignorance felt, it felt like freedom. (laughs) It felt like a safe haven to pretend that things didn't exist and that we could ignore it. Um, so, um, I'm going to read verse 15 and 17. I'm going to read mostly from the ESV (coughs) in case you're wondering. Um, but verse 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. Um, so this is where we're going to dwell a lot of this morning, but, um, this was, this is just so against my flesh because I want to go and tell my best friend how I've been hurt. I want to go tell three people. I am an external processor and I want to tell them and then I want to be done. And it's just so hard to rely on the Lord in the midst of that to solve, um, to be that person, to go in private to that person and not to make it a thing where people we know um, know of our disagreement or what I feel like they've done wrong or anything like that. Um, But my question also is, have any of you experienced good conflict resolution where that person has come to you in private and it hasn't been a known thing among your community and you've been able to work it out? Because I think... um, It wasn't until I had experienced that that I had really understood the last part of this sentence where it says, you have gained a brother or a sister. Because for my errors, my sin, my humiliation not to be laid bare in front of multiple people like I had known to do in the past, um, it gave me the most utmost respect to be restored in a way like that it gave me such respect for that person it bonded us tighter than anything else 
I had previously experienced. Um, so going on to verse 16, it says, but if, G- but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So this is where I've always gotten into church discipline. Here we go, you know. Um, so you're to bring people to establish um, testimony that it's not hearsay, that it's not this or that, and to, if you've really got a case. Um, in verse um, 17 says, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a non-Christian and a tax collector. Um, and the Lord asked me um, this week, I got to walk out conflict resolution with my mother, um, which is at times very trying. And so the Lord um, just asked me, like, put it on my heart. Why don't you read this version again in the Passion Translation? And when I got to this verse in the Passion Translation, it says in verse 17... Um, and if he refuses to listen, then share the issue with the entire church in hopes of restoration. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything for me this week. So, um, my question for you all is what, um, or the questions that I had to ask myself is what is my heart towards the person I'm trying to resolve a conflict with? Um, I think oftentimes my heart towards them is if you're seeing red, if you're seeing fire when you think of their name or you think of the situation that has happened. Um, And I'll be honest, sometimes I see lightning coming down and zapping them because I'm in like the emotional, angry state. And I mean, that happened with something else completely unrelated this week. And I was just like, if you just want like, like your righteous fire to fall and like burn these people... I'm good with that, Jesus, you know. (laughs) Um, But that's not where the Lord is asking us to be. These are stop signs for me. It's like, hold up, stop. Before talking to somebody else, before talking to that person, before pressing send on an email or trying to, even like if there's a third party involved, you and that person are talking and you've gotten mad at them and it's about how to handle this thing. Don't move forward in this thing. It's like, that is my moment to stop and recenter my heart in prayer and worship. That is the Lord just so clearly doing that for me. And I have often had to go back to the Lord at different times in my life and go, why am I so angry? Like, why am I carrying this anger? Because often when I'm seated in worship, there is peace. Like, people can come against you, but it's like you've got this shield, and it's like whatever you're doing to me, it's just the arrows are bouncing off, you know? Um, so (laughs) that's where often I have to align myself with the father. Um, so then, um, I ask the Lord each and every time. And I actually learned this from another teacher talking about those difficult students in your classroom. Like, let me see Lord the way you see this person, this child. Um, and so I'll give a disclaimer with that, though, is he's going to show you that. So he'll show you the Sean, like how Sean Bowles talks about it, where kingdom eyes, like kingdom vision. He's going to show you that. But my heart reacts to that in two ways. I can choose to see them in that way, 
but still store this anger in my heart. Like I would love to say the Lord showed me that picture and instantly everything was changed. But I feel like oftentimes the Lord shows me that picture and I'm still like, okay, I see it, but you reign in your own territory and I don't have to deal with that. Um, or some extent of that. I can ignore them. I can not talk to them. Um, something to that extent or that's who they will be that's not who they are (laughs) all kinds of things like that um but it's waiting on my heart to align with the father's heart in the middle of that before I can approach that person um and if you notice I feel like a lot of times when we're in these states like my pronoun usage is I they did this to me and I feel this way and I have been hurt and I have been wronged And it's not about the Lord's people, like not even about them, but I just start using I towards everything and it's me. And I can only look at what I'm doing and how I've been hurt and been wronged. So, um, I often feel like too, in my childhood, it was brought up, um, in various situations, how like the Lord then took, like Jesus took the whips into the temple and like cleared it. And that is a picture of who Jesus is. Like, he did it. And so that's a picture. But if you look through the scripture and you watch the way the Lord acts towards his people, to the Pharisees coming against him, um, to Peter denying him, and to other things like that, you see that the Lord's heart 99 out of 100 times is restoration and redemption. And it's not to clear, to burn away everything in sight of that person, to smite them off the face of the earth. Um, and really, um, I feel like it's been a lot through Culture of Honor, um, that book. I feel like every month the Lord just pulls something back from it. But where Danny Silk talks about um, in conflict, like your goal, like the Lord with us, wants to pull us back into that seat of honor with him, wants to pull us back into that. And so my goal is, like, not just how can somebody be right or we see the same way, but how is there this complete restoration of relationship? Um, And even asking, I would dare say, for it to be better, healed to a better place than it ever was, regardless of if it's your best friend or just somebody you've run into relationship with. Um, so, um, oftentimes though, now that I've learned more conflict resolution, how to control my emotions, not to be such an angry person, um, I've noticed that I walk into things afraid of conflict. (laughs) And so what I do is instead (laughs) I say things like this, um, I don't need to resolve this. I'm not in big relationship with them. I don't see them that often. They're not in that close group of friends. They work in the other building at work. You know, I don't, it's not something that needs to be resolved. Um, Or my favorite that I will say is that person has the Holy Spirit inside of them and it's his job to convict them. (laughs) So he'll work on that. But the way I know, and there are some things that I think the Lord works in our hearts and doesn't always need to be done face-to-face with the other person. But the way I know that I'm lying to myself is that um, I wake up in the morning and all I think about is this wound that this person has caused me. 
Um, or I wake up in the middle of the night or I see them and I want to cry or I just like feel small and want to shudder away. Um, and that's when I know that the Lord is going, we're not done. We're not done. <laughs> or when you run into them, it's a person that you truly see once a month and you run into them at every grocery store and gas station you go to. <laughs> or your friend invites them over to your house and you had no idea your friend was friends with that person. <laughs> that's usually when I go, okay, Lord, see what you're doing here. Um, so, um, and sometimes I, I just think I can live with the pain they've inflicted me. I can go to the Lord and I can forgive them. And it's with me and the Lord because they hurt me and it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't think, once again, that's not restoration. There's not redemption in life flowing from that. Um, so, um, when resolving conflict, what do we do? And you could read books. I've heard Chuck is an expert at this subject. Um, <laughs> but this is what the Lord laid on my heart this week, just some really basic tenets um, and things to do. Um, so number one, what I've realized is having a humble heart, having a humble spirit is just um, more effective than anything else. Because Often I'll go in and I'll think I have this huge wound. There's times where we walk in and we go, oh, we both threw flames at each other. But sometimes I think I have this huge wound. They said this to me. And then we'll discuss that. And then I'll realize there's somewhere where I've just laid them open. Um, And it's been hard. So (laughs) it's always been easier if I can go in with a humble spirit and hear that rather than thinking I'm riding on my horse, like off to tell them what they've done wrong. Um, And then kind of getting knocked off your horse because you realize you've had equal parts in that. There's not too many (laughs) um, conflicts that I have been a part of in my life where I have walked it out 100% perfect. That just hasn't been my experience if it's been yours. Like, I would just love you to teach me (laughs) because that has just not been me in any way, shape, or form. Um, and then coming in with I statements, I remember first hearing about this, like saying, when this happened, I felt this way. And I thought I went through this huge blow up with a friend. I mean, we didn't talk to each other for the longest time afterwards. <coughs> I went in and I thought I was saying these things. And what she was really receiving was, <laughs> um, you did this, you did this, you did this. And so it's not listing off their errors um in a way like that um because once again (laughs) not the holy spirit that's convicting and there to judge and tell them everything um bring up things that happened five years ago um but where the lord really blessed me this week um was my ability to listen to him in the midst there were moments where um we were at dinner and my mom said something and I just wanted to shut down for the most part or I'd have something that would be hurtful to inflict back that just came quickly to mind. But just taking that deep breath and going and letting awkward silence. There was so much awkward silence, but to me, um, I'm pretty good with dealing with silence um, despite how much I talk. Um, And so just asking the Lord for like, what is his word and his impartation to speak um and where that really came um to be is I walked into this 
conflicts with my mom. I had downloaded New Heart onto my phone, and I was just listening and listening and listening. And I was like, You're, you've given me a new heart. You've given me a new heart. Like, in the ability to handle this, you've given me a new heart. And my heart for my mom. Like, you've given me all this stuff. <clears throat> but I still wanted to be emotionally shut off. Like, I wanted, okay, we can be fine. We can get along. But um, that mother-daughter relationship, which looks different in every family... I wanted to be, I, I didn't want to share the emotional parts of my day. I didn't want to go to any of those places. I didn't want to share what was on my heart, what's been going on in my life. Like, I wanted to give her, well, a kid said this funny, and then, like, move on, you know. And so we got through the um, talking and discussing apologies given and received, and then it was the craziest thing I just sit there and I just started like laying out all this stuff that was on my heart and halfway through it I like my lips are moving and I just feel like there's no control and I'm just like in my head with the Lord and I'm going what's happening Lord like these aren't my words um but I feel like sometimes that's where acting in obedience like he honors that to a greater extent than we could ever imagine um are you saying that you became vulnerable with her? Yes. Like you started sharing your heart with her? Yes. Towards other things in my life. Because um, I just wanted to be like, here's the boring stuff of my day. Like, safe, I don't want to give you something. Safe, protected. Yeah. Um, and I love that, like, as I talk to people about relationship with my mom, it's been ongoing, ever morphing, usually for the positive. Um, everyone's like, boundaries. Just reinforce your boundaries. And boundaries are great. But boundaries are not meant to be stone walls That's that right. cannot be scaled. That's right. So there are places where I have learned that I need to be really careful and sharing with people that have hurt me, especially with her. But redemption and restoration <laughs> doesn't look like a stone castle, yeah. a fortress that I have yeah. built for myself. Yeah. Um, and that's just where forgiveness, I think I've just almost taken it for granted like it is such a thing the lord taught me this week of the supernatural like it's not something there's times like a student can do something dumb to me or my friend can say something and i'm like oh yeah not a big deal i forgive you you know but um if you're married if you've been in a long-term relationship if you have parents or siblings um i think yeah exactly um (laughs) then I think like we've all seen that we've had relationships restored supernaturally where you look back and you're like, wow, that could not be just of me. Um, Or we look at relationships that we have currently and we go, Lord, if something's going to be done with this, like it's only of you. So being able to look at that. And um, I just kept hearing Jen Seeing not of my own strength, your arms uphold me. Um, but also just what kept going through my head is who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I guess I knew all these verses, but I don't think I've ever read them like as one. So if you continue on to verse 18, it says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And um, Sue Mead a few months ago just, like, really put a spotlight on this for me. 
And she um, attached it with John 20, 19 through 23. And you don't have to go there. I'll read it. Um, But it's after Jesus has risen and he's um, appearing to his disciples. And it says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Um, and that just like really hit me. First of all, the spirit is given. And the first thing Jesus ties to that is you have the power in God's name to forgive anyone in the name of Jesus, not just in your own name. Um, but you also have the ability to withhold it. Um, and as Jen Johnson was making all those declarations of who we are, what price has been paid, um, And she says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who am I to withhold freedom from my brother and sister in Christ? You're binding yourself. You're binding them. But we have all this grace to extend freedom. Um, We're withholding the work of Christ from our brother and sister. And that, that song just like really took me down in the middle of that like what what right do I have to undo or to try and stand as a stumbling block to what Jesus has done um just another short small testimony to that like I early in the year had a student that was just being a turd that day and was just being difficult and was like calling out all his classmates and everything they did wrong And so I, in the snarkiness that most of you know me to have, just decided to, like, take him out with one comment. And all afternoon, that was just, like, rumbling on my heart all evening. So the Lord's like, you you need to ask for forgiveness. Um, And so I was like, okay, and didn't think a whole lot of it. And the next day, as the class is, like, trickling in, he comes in, like, the first half, with the first half of them, and I was like, hey, I need to talk to you, and everyone, whenever a teacher says that, you know, everyone's like, he's in so much trouble, um, and so, I mean, I privately said, but in your classroom, nothing's terribly private, um, I said, I just want to ask forgiveness, because it was not appropriate, like, what I said to you yesterday, and his friends did, like, this huge double take, and were like, what in the spirit of the room like that only God could do just cleared in a heartbeat Um, because somebody in authority isn't supposed to ask for forgiveness right (laughs) so verses 19 and 20 say again I say to you if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three are gathered in my name there I am among them. And I don't think I had ever put these verses with like Christ talking about redemption and resolution and all that. So I think it applies to forgiveness. If we come together and ask for forgiveness, that is unleashed. And that is supernatural and heavenly and amazing. 
But how much more can we ask when we have the, when we are not bound by unforgiveness? How much more can we ask for in Christ's name? Can we ask for mountains to be moved, spiritual gifts to appear, healings to happen? I think it just opens the door for all these things that we never realized could happen to happen in our life. Um, and then I just think, I, I don't often read like whole chapters together. I don't think and link that. You just hear, this was what the sermon was on, the three verses. And so just to go through and read the unforgiving servant afterwards, I don't know how familiar you all were with that. It's not one that was like super often taught in church. Um, like the sower, I feel like was every month you heard about it in Sunday school. But, um, but it's just amazing. It's talking about how a king had a servant who owed him great debt and he was going to put him in jail for the, um, and he said, no, please don't do it. And so the king forgave him and restored him. And then the man went out from there and, um, found a servant who owned him money and, um, and said that, well, words. Um, sorry. Um, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Um, and so it's just a beautiful picture. Like we have been fully restored. Like the guy didn't say, oh, I won't put you in jail. The king didn't say, I won't put you in jail. He restored him straight back to his position in the father's house. Um, but, um, when, but Our job isn't to receive that from the Father and then go and hold others captive under the same debt. And just seeing the two of those line up straight together was astounding. And before that is the parable of the lost sheep where the Lord talks about how he paid. He goes after the one, leaves the 99 and goes after the one. So he's paying this price. And so then he walks into like how to restore things how to bring people back into the fold and how we're to act in the same manner. It's amazing that the Lord put the Bible together, not just hands of man sometimes. <laughs> um, but that really has just been um, my heart in the midst of that. So um, is it okay if we do a song? Cameron, can I add one? Yeah, please do. I just, I think you have the passion also. I want to read you the king's response. You know this probably, but... The king's response said the associate saw what the servant did to the lesser servant and had him thrown in prison. And when his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and they went to the king and told him the whole story. And the king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Listen to that phrase. Is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant? That I showed you. And in full of anger, the king turned him and turned him over to the prison guards until the debt was repaid. I just love that phrase. Is this the way you respond to the Yes. I was looking for that and I was like, it's not here in the ESV. And yeah. 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 No, it's just amazing. Um, and so um, this song, I thought, I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, wait, almost. So one of the yeah, things please. that was beautiful, like your teaching was incredible. One of the things that was so beautiful that I didn't want to let go shooting by is your characterization of Jesus as 99% of the time he's responding like this. Because I've heard that one, that one line that says, 
and if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. And look at how Jesus was with pagans and tax collectors. And that's different from what we've been given. So thank you for just affirming that about most of who we see as Jesus is not this drive you out of the temple. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. Uh, I have something up. We're going to do the song first. Okay, so as um, I was thinking, we're going to do New Heart, and so I put it on the back because I was like, in case you change your mind, Lord, um, I've got that ready to go. Um, and this song doesn't have lyrics up, only the acoustic version has lyrics, but I like this version a lot better. Um, but like the Lord just really walked me through the lyrics in the past few days, and it says, my forever in your heart, your steps I will follow. I put my trust in who you are. Your voice is my arrow. Um, and just like what it takes to walk into forgiveness with that. Um, I will walk into the dark. <laughs> I feel like that's often how I see like conflict, like no idea to see how the light breaks through. I will run into your arms because really that's what we're doing. If we're asked, if we're falling where he's led us and I will hold on to you. I will lift my eyes to things unseen to the promise and your victory And I don't necessarily think that means that our conflict will turn out 100% how we imagine, but there's victory in that, in releasing things. And I will build my life on the mystery of where you call me, and I will go into the unknown. So I just wanted us to be able to worship with that after.